Welcome to Will It Game, the podcast about creating crappy board games from one board family. I'm your host, Ryan Gatowski, joined as always by... Rick White, and I feel like I can't like joke around, I have to be serious today, like, in our introduction, like... I don't know. No jokes, Ryan. No jokes today. No jokes. Well, I feel like you set the stage when you came in with the tuxedo and the top hat and everything. I feel like the seriousness is is on the table. Yes, exactly. It Dress for the mindset that you want to be in is something I read under a Snapple cap once. That's good. That's good. So we are being not so serious, kind of serious, because of our guest judge, Mr. Reiner Knizia. How are you doing today, Reiner? I'm very well. I'm enjoying uh, uh, the time of on a Sunday as we are speaking to have free time to do designs. And of course, I'm delighted to be back on the show. Yes. So this is your first appearance on Will It Game. This is uh, where we're going to pitch you two terrible board game ideas. Um, And so you are the creator of six, seven hundred board games. And so I feel like these could probably these two board game pitches could probably just be an easy entry into uh, to maybe being seven hundred and one and seven hundred and two into your board game designs. Well, it depends because ah. I should give you a little warning, but uh, we have clarified that before the show. Uh, I never look at any unpublished materials. So that uh, nobody can accuse me of um, deliberately or inadvertently or subconsciously yeah, yeah. taking anybody else's um, intellectual properties. I think we are in a special situation here as these are two very serious designs. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I have promised to hand over all rights, including all your properties and belongings yeah. and family members to me. I think we are fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. All of that is heading right over to you as soon okay. as the podcast is over. Yeah. So, so Reiner, for anybody out there who's listening that may not know who you are, like uh, you, you're prolific in the industry. Uh, kind of tell our audience uh, some of the things that they may know you from. Well, as you say, it's about 700 games. Uh, they are all together in about 2,000 different language editions. Uh, they reach from very simple games to quite deep games. Uh, one of my deepest games is uh, Tigers and Euphrates, which was uh, for a very long time number one on the board game geek list. Uh, if you look at newer games, a very simple one, which actually surprised me in its success. Not that I mean it's a bad game, but uh, Llama was something which simply took off and a lot of people in mm-hmm. the card game uh, just loved the game. Uh, mm-hmm. So you never know how it turns out. But I had reasonable expectations which actually turned out very nicely was El Dorado uh, and now the very new uh, My City so these are the the up-to-date ones and in between we have lots of different games and we have uh, of course also some games from Egypt and some games from other historic periods because I'm a big fan of history Uh, I only got that after I was at school but uh, it's uh, it's such a rich theme and such a rich collection of uh, interesting uh, settings for games. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, so that's a wonderful thing. But in any case, I mean, you'll find you'll find my games uh, for kids and for easy games, and also for the gamers. Uh, you find yeah. classics from the '90s, and you find uh, newer ones, as just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and we, um, you know, last time you were on the show, 
Um, we did a top five of our favorite games of yours. And yeah, I, I know El Dorado is um, one of my favorites. It's amazing. But I'm excited to always, you know, check on games of yours that I have not uh, tried out before. And uh, it, you can keep going for a long time, just kind of going through your collection. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and so we're going to, uh, speaking of Egypt, we're actually going to pitch two board games today. Um, for anybody who's new to the show, uh, Rick and myself are going to pitch two board games to uh, Dr. Kinesia, and he is going to judge us on which of these is the least crappy board game. He's going to ask questions. We're going to try to answer them to the best of our ability. Um, and then at the end of the show, he's actually going to tell you about a project uh, that he's working with, with uh, 25th century games that actually ties back to Egypt. So, uh, are you ready for these terrible board game pitches, sir? Yes, I am, and you don't have to call me, sir. I'm okay. <laughs> we're from oh. we're from southern uh, the south in America. We call everybody sir. We call All our right. dogs sir. It's part of life. That's true. That's true. <laughs> So the first game pitch is going to come from me. Uh, I have created a game called Riches of Egypt. This is a set collection card game uh, where players, it's, it's kind of on the lighter side. This way it's family friendly. Uh, players are gathering cards to display in a historic museum located in Cairo, Egypt. The cards are illustrated by Beth Sobel and include beautiful relics from ancient Egypt uh, through uh, all the way through just a couple hundred years ago. All players start with a set of three very basic artifacts in their hand. These will be set out at the beginning of the game and have a specific icon as starter cards. And the value of these artifacts are all set from one to five on the card. That tells you kind of the value, what, what it's worth, that card, what that artifact's worth. Five cards will roll out to the center of the table, and players in turn order have to decide if they want to trade uh, from, what is, uh, from what's in their hand to what's on the table. So trading artifacts would work like this. If I had two two-point cards, I could put those two two-point cards down and gather an artifact up to four cards four points so i could actually trade out for the value and you don't get change back so if you end up uh overpaying for it then you just overpay the goal is to uh, make sets that have the same iconography so that they can be displayed together in your museum uh, when players get uh when the player is able to make a display with their cards which is either two cards three cards or four four cards together they go into a face-up scoring pile and then they choose that number of cards from the from the uh, uh, deck of cards in the middle of the table since players receive new cards after making a set it's in their best interest to be efficient in making these card sets because you're laying down that set of cards and you're gathering new cards that would possibly be at a higher value you want to cycle these cards pretty pretty rapidly uh, players also need to watch out for what they're trading for in the middle of the table because whatever you put in the middle of the table is going to give your opponents uh, a leg up on that uh, those icons that you lay down Players will score the value of their cards once uh, once the game ends, and they they basically look at their sets. Uh, they'll score face value, and then cards uh, sets of two cards will have a bonus of three points. Sets of three cards will have a bonus of five points, and sets of four cards will have an eight-point bonus. So you want to make those bigger sets uh, for your museum. And that was Riches of Egypt. Okay. 
I have to disappoint me. I have to disappoint me, and I have to disappoint you. Yes, this is not a, as you call it, crappy design. It is actually <laughs> very rich, because the setting absolutely makes sense. And uh, yes, set collecting is not the most innovative uh, new game mechanism, but mm -hmm. there is lots of set collecting around. Again, kind of an auction. Um, mechanism is not the newest again, but that doesn't make it bad. Um, the, of course, the core thing of that game is that the interchange of the cards, so the actual play, the mechanism works very well. And uh, I have one or two questions, possibly not okay. understood everything you said. Um, when I put cards down, I can put down one or more cards to offer them, but if I put down more cards, they need to be of the same value. Is that correct? Uh, no, they could be of any value. So I okay. could take a I could take a value of a one and a value of three, okay. and mm -hmm. go ahead and trade it out for a four. So okay. um, you can only trade out the cards uh, of a value of a. Okay. You can only trade out that value for taking up cards of okay. the other value. Yeah. And we are, and did I understand correctly that we first put out all our sets and then we trade, or how does that work exactly? So yeah, so you can uh, on your turn you can put out a set. Um, mm -hmm. so you would put out a set uh, in a scoring pile in your own little tableau area, mm -hmm. and then when so like if I put out a set of three that had matching iconography, I would put it next to me in my scoring pile, and then it would allow me to gather three new cards from the deck, and that would be my entire turn. So on your turn, you can either trade with the tableau in the middle of the table, or you can place a set down and receive new cards from the deck yeah and how do the cards get into the tableau in the table so it starts out with five uh you'll mm -hmm. always have five available in the middle of the table so yeah. you'll start out with five cards from the draw pile and they'll go into the middle of the table and they're going to be higher value cards than the initial set that you get okay. um so it's so from the very start of the game you'll always trade up because those first value those first cards are going to be kind of like starter cards if you think mm -hmm. like a deck builder yeah. um and so those five cards anytime there's less than five cards you'll always put out a fifth card so somebody trading a, a single card mm -hmm. for three low value cards will actually okay. do a refresh of that center line, which would be good okay. for all the players. How often have you tested the game? Uh, since I created it uh, about eight minutes ago, um, none. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I, I put probably 20 minutes of thought into the game okay. and uh, I wrote it in yes. about eight minutes. Yes, so I think uh, I, I uh, hear a number of stereotypes or classic themes here which you put yeah. together. Um, so on the one hand or the other, we could be a little bit more innovative. Uh, I think uh, if you don't test it, you may end up in the situation that people do never trade, but just simply draw sure. from the draw pile because that, to me, appears as the more lucrative way at the moment. And if some people develop uh, this uh, convention, then nobody will put anything in the middle. And then yeah. it's uh, a nice uh, drawing competition. Yeah. Um, and this is a nice casino game because whoever draws has the biggest, yeah. biggest luck in drawing, gets something. So we probably need to underline the trading and focus on something on the trading. Remind I would hope that the icons mm -hmm. 
would yeah. I would hope that the icons would actually force the trading because yeah. I was thinking if you have five or six sets of icons that you that are a variety of icons, mm -hmm. the chances of you getting cards that have exact same iconography yeah. without trading would be would be kind of tough. So I know there's a lot of ratios to play with there. Yes, and of course the uh, the distribution of the cards and the icons is well tested. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, Ryan is nothing but unoriginal. I mean, that's something they always say. Here comes unoriginal Ryan to give us another game pitch. So, are you allowed okay. to criticize your opponent? Oh, it's very, it's very yeah. heavily. Yes, it's very heavily encouraged, especially Rick criticizing me. <laughs> yes, certainly. I mean, that to say like. Uh, there were so many numbers in that. I got bored. I ended up buying Llama <laughs> the card game uh, while you were pitching, and that is a completely 100% true fact. I can show you the receipt. Um, <laughs> and so I guess I can pitch now, though. Are you are you done? I am done. Then That's I, all I've got. <laughs> I have one further comment. Yes. Uh, this Go game reminds... I mean, of course, it always reminds me of some of my games. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, this game reminds me of one of my games, which I never got to work. And when I tell people what it is, then they always laugh because it's a marriage game. Okay. Uh, this uh, had a similar approach that you tried to so to speak, increase your power by doing good marriages politically some time ago. And so you had a number of daughters and you had a number of suitors and the daughters, uh, you, you then put the daughters out and, uh, so to speak, on display while other people put down the dowry and uh, then the suitors came and they offered certain values politically. And it, it, it's a little bit like this trading where I put things out uh -huh. and I see who wants stuff. Uh, it was not all in the middle. In the middle was um, a big board of different countries which could then be linked through marriages. But it never, ever worked because this exchanging things, putting them on the table, exchanging with the other people is a very tricky thing to do. So, Interesting. Um, so, good. Very cool. Thank you. All right. Well, let's move on to a... A, uh, definitely a crappier game here. Um, <laughs> so my game is called Make Me a Mummy. Now, I will go ahead and preface this by saying I like to do research before my games, and my research for this pitch came from historyforkids.net. So if it is inaccurate, <laughs> I apologize. Um, uh, but in this game, you're all playing as pharaohs, and you know that your time to move on to the afterlife is coming and you want to prepare for your burial, and so you need to take care of several things. Decorating your sarcophagus, collecting gems and amulets that go into your wrapping, which is apparently a thing I didn't know, um, and then decking out your burial chamber. So this is going to be a card-drafting, card-playing game. You're going to draft cards, um, Seven Wonders style, um, and these are going to represent the different things that you will do. Um, we'll probably have four different categories of things that you'll do to prepare for your burial. Um, and you'll draft a hand of six cards, and then you'll play those cards. Um, these cards, they're in their most basic form, move you up on a track uh, that shows your progress in each of these different preparations. Um, certain cards are going to give you bonuses if they're played together, um, and also if you play more of the same types of cards, they're going to give you a multiplier, so you'll be able to have, you know, if you get four uh, cards from the decorating your sarcophagus category, you're going to really have a big move. 
However, there's also going to be cards in there that allow you to sabotage your opponents. So, for instance, forcing them to move down a track or canceling out um, certain cards. So maybe a card that says if you play more than three cards of a category, you do not move up uh, this round in that category. So you've just got to be careful and know that some people might have those cards out there. Uh, play continues over three rounds, so it'll be a big deck of cards, kind of like Sushi Go, where... Um, or Seven Wonders, where you'll have enough cards to play over the three rounds. And then whoever has the best burial plan at the end of the game wins. And that is, make me a mummy. Tell me, how would that burial plan look like, for example, at the end of the game? As far as, so basically, I'm kind of imagining either on individual player boards, you're moving up in each of the categories with like a little cube, on a different track, or maybe there's a central track, which is probably better since you're having parts where you impact other players. There's just a central track where each player has a token representing their progress in, you know, how much they've buried or decorated their sarcophagus or things like that. Another thing that might happen is maybe like the sarcophagus cards are pictures of a sarcophagus. And so you like are doing kind of a you know, you're they're physically going to represent the sarcophagus, so you like put them next hmm. to each other in front of you or something like that. Uh -huh. Okay, and then you just where do you get the cards from initially when you say it, it's a drafting? Do you put them in the middle or do you have hands which you pass on? Yeah, it'll be hands that you pass on. Okay, and I'm imagining all of the cards that are kind of the take that cards will have a scarab beetle on them. Because mm -hmm. what I learned from the movie The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser, is that scarab beetles are terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really the source of most of my knowledge about ancient Egypt comes from those movies, which is, says a lot about me as a person, I think. True. Well, the movies always give a very clear and realistic picture of the period. <laughs> and, and even yeah. if you have um, movies about books, then you can absolutely rely that the books are done justice uh, for and that they exactly uh, yeah. give. <laughs> um, I, I've recently read uh, The Journey to the Center of the Earth, and then I thought, hmm, I could also look at the book, uh, at, the, at the movie, and uh, of course we know, everybody, every educated person knows that Julian's uh, uh, book plays from goes from Hamburg, but then plays very quickly in, Ice, in Iceland. And the movie just put it into, I think, New Zealand, uh, which mm -hmm. is a bit off. Yeah, so just I yeah. Did, not, did not in, uh, go into the movie because I thought that doesn't give me anything about the original. Okay, yes, I have understood your design and I have a clear opinion. All right, oh, so... Already, are we already at the Judgment Day? Or yes, oh, we have else? already reached that point. It gets there quickly, Judgment Day. We get judged a lot, Ryan. Um, I yeah. think my self-confidence is starting to suffer a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the part of the show where, Reiner, you make a decision on which of these is the least crappy board game pitch. Um, and you feel free to tell us why or why not. Um, yeah. Trust us. We've done 50-something of these. Our feelings won't get hurt. Yeah. We are um, callous. Wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a clear winner. The clear winner is... Ryan. Oh. oh. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so riches I, of Egypt. Okay. Yes, riches of Egypt. I 
like the setting as said, I think uh, there is a lot of stuff that fits together. You haven't tested the game. You have just started it in 20 or now 30 minutes. Um, so it needs more innovation. Mm-hmm. It um, needs certainly something else than just the sets. And we need to make sure that this exchange mechanism and interaction between the players is really underlined and works very well. But mm-hmm. a lot of things can be tested here and then we need a good few ideas. But I think we have a basis, assuming that you can hire some people into the testing round, which have some more innovative thoughts than you have. Yeah, so, yeah. Ferris, Rick, I think this is a complete failure. Oh, oh. yes! Um, <laughs> That's so- the, the theme the theme is a bit iffy because uh, bur- burials and uh, for, you, you didn't tell me the target group, but I think it's not a gamer's game. So you need to tell people that we are preparing our burial, which is a bit mm, maybe not so easy to to um, bring over. And then we sabotage other people's burials. Mm. This is for mm. this is for those people like um, my father-in-law who will every now and then tell us like, and you know, if I'm still around then, that's who this game is for. Who are always telling you like, if I'm still around when that happens, that's who this okay. game is for. Okay. <laughs> and then you have these abstract tokens which move up kind of a counting track. So where is the theme? The theme is just glued on, and uh, it's very abstract. Um, it's a calculating thing. Um, do you really feel in this role? So I have. I wouldn't start there if I wanted to get to a good game. Okay. So if I wanted more theme, should I include linens for you to go ahead and start wrapping your friends? Is that what I need to include? No, that is that. Is, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. Oh man, <laughs> the, the, this is components. This is just, uh, so to speak, covering the lack of uh, steam when people throw in lots of expensive stuff, uh, but the basis isn't there. I think the the, the, the main thing here is uh, not sure if the setting about burials is is so good. But even if you say, okay, I want to do this. Uh, and you can do that in a comic style. Um, I think the issue is you need to offer a bit more than just going up some tracks and seeing that I did better parameters than you did. I want to see a big burial site. People build pyramids, so you build a pyramid and then you have riches in there. Mm. Uh, and mm. I want to see this unfold in front of myself, like in Ra. Yes. Um, and I don't don't just want to go up an abstract counter and say I have eight here and you have only got six and I have seven here and so this isn't this isn't the afterlife will not be enthusiastic about that and the tarot <laughs> you're right counting right. there so you need a better basis I mean I think if I may if I may well I'm That's good. supposed to be the cruel judge so I'm playing this role um, <laughs> it's okay it's okay. I think what we're finding right now is that we need to start a reality show similar to what uh, Gordon Ramsay does for like Kitchen Nightmares, and we can have you do that for board games. I think that's mm, what we need to good. have. Yeah, I'd watch, I'd watch it. it. I'd watch it. And you also have to see always that uh, the initial ideas are usually very crazy and they don't really work, and uh, they just have one hook we start on. And some interesting hook, yes. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, once you have that, uh, usually our concepts and our starting points are much more crazy and much more broken than what you presented here. But it's in very important to very quickly look if there are some basic flaws which you cannot fix. Yes. And I mentioned a few which I see, uh, without due respect, in Rick's uh, design, whereas I can see hope on the Ryan's design where I uh, don't um, see uh, <laughs> anything in principle broken. Um, and But the heart, I mean, it's always the, the main thing. The heart of the design is starting out with a good idea, uh, starting yeah. out with something innovative, but yeah. then it's testing, testing, iter iterative process, uh, making it better, 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 and hoping that it doesn't die on its way. There we are with burial again. So you need to have a lot of experience because we are burying a lot of games in the, in, in the process. And the longer it lives, if it then dies, it's a more a, strategy, a, a tragedy because the more time you put in, you get into the sunk fallacy and say, oh, I can't stop now with the marriage game. That was the trouble. I put in so much work. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, if you kill it quickly, as we did, um, then yeah, I'm just saving myself future heartbreak is less, what it is. Less, yeah. heart, less heartbreak. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's talk about a game that actually has stood the test of time. Time Tattoo Common is a game that you came up with. You published in 1993, and actually, uh, 25th Century Games is going to be doing a republish, uh, and we're hopefully this episode is is timed alongside the Kickstarter. Uh, can you tell us a little about that game, Reiner? Yes, I'm just. I've just turned around. You can't. You can't see that because there are some trophies hidden behind me. And you're <laughs> ah. absolutely right. It's 1993 where the Tutankhamun uh, got second prize in the German Game Prize. Nice. Um, this is this is really, really, really a shame that it get didn't get first. But on the other hand. Modern art got first, so I can't complain. <laughs> uh, this uh, was a good uh, year. Beat yourself. Uh, I hate it when that happens. Second to yourself is okay. Uh, <laughs> but uh, going, so I've checked the, the, the date. 1993 is okay. Probably came out 1992 and then got the award 1993. But you, uh, yes, you may be better. Got right. close. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, Turing Kamon is my first game about Egypt. It was a very early game of mine. Uh, I can actually, when I close my eyes, still see the original prototype in front of me. Um, I don't think it exists anymore. I, I don't know where it is. But uh, it was uh, this game where you... Uh, I mean, I actually... This is mad because now I'm contradicting myself with what all I said and what all I preached over the decades. I actually invented this game in an instant in a museum in Munich, in the Egyptian Museum in Munich. I went there and I looked at a photograph or a picture. And what do we see when you look at Egypt? You see a long, long river and everything which is, well, this is not right, but everything which is valuable there is uh, lined up along the river, the Nile. So mm -hmm. it was quite clear to me. Then take all the things, line them up, and, of course, the river flows only in one direction. And so you go and, politically correct, you grab all these things for your museums, take them off the country and have them all in the British Museum, let's say. Um, so that was how it started. And what fascinated me there is that people always asked, 
So we have all these artifacts, all the things lined up. There's not the river as such, but when you put all the pieces out in a long, long winded uh, line, that's the river. And then and you have a figure starting at the at the one side of the river at the source, source of the Nile. Um, people always said, so how do I move? Where's the die? They said, there is no die. So how do I move? I said, you can move as far as you want. This is not possible. How can I move as far as I want? I need to pull. <laughs> and then, no, no, you can move as far as you want. If you're greedy, you can jump very far ahead and get the best tiles. But remember, the river only flows in one direction. Ah, so if I'm greedy and go for the stuff early, then I can no longer pick up the stuff behind me and the other players who take it slower may actually then get a lot of goodies. And that's essentially for me the 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 critical idea about this game. So mm -hmm. that I have it under my control where I position myself. And it was uh, it was as a as a small game uh, planned and then it became a little big, bigger when it came out with Amigo and uh, as said, and, and you said it now, uh, as it has been off the market for a while, I'm delighted that uh, 25th century games have decided that they want to bring this game um, to light again. And mm -hmm. I'm even more delighted because I have seen, and I'm not sure if this is public yet, but I have seen how they actually uh, implemented and produced it with fantastic uh, with a fantastic box, nice illustrations. You play in the box. There is actually a sarcophagus there. Um, and so it is, I, I actually, even so I'm not judging one edition after the other, but I think this will be the nicest edition ever seen. Nice. That's excellent. Well, we are very, very excited about this game. Uh, we've talked to Chad about it, and um, we've seen. I saw a picture of it the other day, and I saw exactly what you're talking about with the, uh, with the, with the using the box. It's very exciting to see this game come to life. I haven't played the original, um, and so I'm going to have to do my due diligence and play the original, and then get some time with this game uh, with Chad. So, um, Reiner, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. For for being a guest on Will It Game. We really appreciate your judgment and uh, and telling Rick that his game idea wasn't up to snuff. It's something that I've I been believe, looking for. I believe to. the phrase was hopeless. Hopeless. Uh, <laughs> and it's <laughs> even worse because um, Rick should not look at the new Tutankhamun because the new element I introduced there are the scarabs. Ah, oh. there we go. Uh, Oh, and he's frightened go. to death by the scarabs, so it's yeah. not for you, unfortunately. That's true. You, you can't look directly show, at the Rick, game. You are the total loser. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's so good. Almost, I will never be on the show again, I know, but... Uh, no, 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 no. This was fine. good. So, Ryder. That's, that's fine. It's just allergies. Uh, yeah. Ryder, thank you so much for taking time out of your day for us. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you're looking for uh, more game coverage, including a uh, preview for Tutankhamun, uh, you can check it out at OneBoardFamily.com. Follow us on all the social media sites at OneBoardFamily. And until next time, we'll see you at the table. Media, where we all bring something to the table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com.